I think it was great. Went well, no? Yeah, really good. Nah, know? we kept it a little, little under an hour. Yeah. That's it. That's perfect. Nice. Yeah. Nah, we touched on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I, oh, it was fun. It was fun, no? I mean, it was like, you know, just like you and I sitting here talking anyway, <clears throat> you know, but we went back in time. Yeah. Through some of the things that I went through and, you know, I would have liked to have talked about my my buoy system. That's pretty cool. And I actually got that from another guy named, uh, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank from Jacksonville. But, you know, my buoys are four feet of two-inch PVC in the ground and one foot sticking up. And then I got a weight that goes inside of that. And then the buoys, they, they stay at the proper height no matter what the water level. You don't yeah. never have to do anything. When it's surveyed at one time, it's going to be the same every time. Right. So it's pretty cool that, you know, the surveyors, they come in and check it out. They go, wow, this thing's pretty darn accurate, you know. Right, right. That buoy over there is a centimeter out, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, of you course. Know? And uh, that that makes me proud that I know everything is dead on here, you know. Try to give the skiers the best drivers, the best boats, you know, that kind of thing. But – uh I think that's what makes the difference, you know, having a place to go, you know, get out of the sun, play some basketball, kids playing basketball, throwing darts. Not the kids, the grown-ups had a exactly. dart tournament, dude, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then, like, ski freeze and divers, like the tug-of-war across the lake. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun. All right, man, everyone welcome back or welcome to the water ski podcast uh welcome to 2020 best wishes for a lot of turns and a lot of ski sets for everyone before i introduce the next episode i just wanted to share this opportunity the last episode with cp essentially went very well and we received both myself and him a ton of good feedback so we thought, why not uh, shouting out a little bit of uh, gear, you know? So basically the rules are, you go on iTunes or Apple Podcast and you leave a review, okay, for the, for the podcast. I believe you can do it again if you've already done so, but essentially you leave a review, but the review has to contain the word pickle, P-I-C-K-L-E, okay? That's the rule. Um, it can just be the whole review being pickle, but it has to be a review of one or two sentences, and then you stick the word pickle in there. And um, we'll give you two weeks, and then next week we'll uh, we'll announce the winner, and the winner gets some uh, flow uh, flow grown apparel signed by Chris Parrish. So if you want to get some Chris Parrish signed apparel, get on iTunes, get on Apple Podcast, review the podcast, and make sure to send me an email. Uh, with your nickname. Otherwise, I don't know how to get in touch with you. So the email is Matteo, M-A-T-T-E-O, at thewaterskipodcast.com. So leave a review, chug in the word pickle, send me an email with your nickname. In two weeks, me and CP are going to raffle it up and send some apparel your way if you win. So yeah, with that said, this week's episode is with uh, a dear, dear friend of mine. His name is Keith Albritton. He's the owner uh, of Lake 38 here in Tallahassee. 
And that has been my ski partner for the last five years since I moved here. Um, Keith is a noble person, someone who I look up to uh, immensely, honestly, uh, primarily for his generosity. And I think this will transpire very clearly in this interview. Um, Keith talks about all sorts, like how he got into skiing, uh, all the way up to organizing uh, one of the pro tour stops in, in, in the world right now. And uh, the other thing, I think the two things you're going to take away from this is the generosity of him and, and Karen um, and how they run their, their place. It's not even a ski school. It's their, it's their house, you know. Uh, and secondly, you'll get the passion truly get the passion uh, that this man has. And it's the passion we all share. It's the passion that brought you to make your friends try water skiing. It's the passion that got me to do this thing, the podcast. So, yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this interview. Uh, we took it at the 7th Buoy, which is the uh, building right on the shore of Lake 38. Um, I believe we played some darts first, and then we recorded this, and then we went straight into turning some buoys. So... A classic day at Lake 38. And you'll see, this is just, just a chat. So, yeah, enjoy. And uh, I hope, wherever you are, I hope that you're skiing. Or if you can't, well, hopefully this will keep you entertained enough. See you in two weeks. Well, Keith, uh, thank you so much for having me here. Let's uh, let's have a little interview. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do Welcome it. to the Water Ski Podcast, man. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I appreciate you letting me do it. Of course. You know? Of course, we're here. This is my second interview at the Seventh Buoy, right? That's I right. interviewed Wade here Wade. like mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, we are at Lake Thirty Eight, right? Right. And this is your your home site. This is your house. This is where yeah. you know plenty of people skied over the last handful of years. Oh yeah. Um, but before we get to how this all came about, including the Seventh Buoy, I want to hear how you got into skiing. <laughs> okay you know all right well uh, <clears throat> many years ago i'm 65 now i was 22 never skied um didn't know anything about it and we always had a family re reunion at manatee springs on my mother's side every year and we went down and all my cousins they had a boat down there uh -huh. you know outboard and whole nine yards and they talked me into getting on. Of course, everybody was drinking, right? So they were <laughs> hammered, right? And I'm out there like the typical first-person skiing on a pair of Budweiser skis, of all things. And uh, and, and I, I was falling. I was all over the place, you know, arms in, butt back, the whole nine yards. I'd fall, and they were laying in the boat just rolling laughing. And <laughs> okay. it pissed me off. I, I said, I said, I'm going to get better at this shit, you know, <laughs> anyway, and that's pretty much what happened, and then from then on, I got into uh, slalom skiing a little bit, we didn't have but one ski, it was my brother-in-law ski, uh, old EPFX 200, Okay. and uh, then we got into barefooting for a little while, we built our own boom, still with an outboard, you know, uh, and this was still on, on where, where was this? This was Lake this Jackson. Lake Jackson. Lake Jackson in Tallahassee. Which and is like northern part of the city, right? That's right. Yeah, right up US 27. And uh, and we fought the water level there all the time. But as time went on, we got a little bit better. 
and you know we were like serious wally skiers no buoys we were just shredding you know nice yeah you know and then us 27 didn't have any trees there then so it was showing off to everybody that rode by so whoever had the biggest spray man you were the man you know <laughs> right so anyway that's kind of how it went down and uh and then a few years went by and my sister-in-law said hey they're having a tournament tournament at lake seminole let's go look at it so we, we were the first ones in the gate right and then the, and by now you hadn't skied the course yet never okay not at all and so they says there's a park ranger you pay your parking and everything and he said well you want to get in it and i says well we're not that good oh no you're plenty good enough so we get out there <laughs> and i've been behind an outboard all these years and next thing you know we got this old ski nautique about a I don't know, 85 Nautique 2001 with a big wake. I think I made two buoys. <laughs> okay. And then I did the barefooting thing. I came in second on barefooting because I was pretty good at that tumble up and all that. And Gary Bates, I don't know if any of you guys know Gary Bates, but he's from Albany, Georgia. He was a really good skier in the day. And uh, that's what started it. Wow. That's, that's what started it. So, so like experiencing a tournament. Yeah. Like, so you first, the first time you tried the course was in a tournament. In a tournament, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What was the view like? Because, you know, like you pulled out for the gates, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, and you just, I'm sure I kinda, coming at you. I'm sure I kind of just squeaked through there, you know, and pulled right. long to one kind of <laughs> thing, you know. And uh, and then, I mean, the shore, the shore was lined up with people. I mean, they were cheering and especially when we did the barefooting thing, you know, that, right. uh, and all those guys up around Lake Seminole, they, they got into it and, and created Flint river footers. Mm-hmm. And it was a big team and a club, if you will, that they barefooted a lot. So there was some impact there. And actually Lee Wright that skis with us, he was in that club with him. He barefoots. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. So, but it was, it was really, it was, it's amazing how, in a place like that, real country setting, mm-hmm. how much impact that was on those people. It, it brought more people into the sport. It was pretty cool, you know? Well, it certainly yeah. had an impact on you, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as soon as I got on slalom course, I was hooked. It, it's, it's worse than golf. Oh, it is. Yeah, once you, once you get one boo, oh, I can get two, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. So it, it, was, uh, it was really fun. Uh, back in those days, and, and then later on, we actually created a club and held tournament up there. You know, at Lake Seminole. Lake Seminole. I think it was '89, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was it was really a good experience. I enjoyed it. You know. So. so so you had that tournament experience. You tried the course. Obviously hooked. Mm-hmm. Probably can't think about or talk about anything else. Oh no. How did you go from there to actually? ski the course a little bit like was it at lake seminole or it was actually on lake jackson um so my brother-in-law that had the fx 200 the epfx 200 we went down somewhere in orlando it was like a resort where they taught kids to ski and play tennis and whatever i don't even know the name of it and they had an old 83 ski nautique there mm-hmm. and i bought it for ten thousand dollars and we were riding back. We were so proud. We, we, nobody could tell us anything. Man, we got a ski nautique on the back. We were, <laughs> we, we were rigging hooks. So we get back to Tallahassee. Can't wait. We run out. There was a slalom course on Lake Jackson. Oh, there was one already. Yeah, there was one okay. where uh, John McLeay skied there for a while on that course when he was at FSU. And so we immediately bebopped out there. Well, somebody cut it to pieces. Oh. So then we go back to US 27 where everybody could see you. <laughs> and I'm out there skiing and 
Joel had already skied, then I was skiing, and I looked up there, and somebody, I whistled at Joel, said, hey, there's somebody up there motion for us to come over there. And we pull up there, and I had never seen this guy in my life. And his name was Wild Bill Walker. Bill Walker, we called him Wild Bill Walker. He said, I'll give you some uh, gas if you give me a pull. And I'm thinking, well, I never have gotten that gas, by the way. But <laughs> but, but we get out there, and, and, and he, we said, how fast do you want to go? He says, 36. And I'm, I'm looking at Joel and saying, you know, this guy, there's no way. You know, 36. Right. I said, what line? He said, 28. I'm thinking, man, there's no way. So we get up and get going and everything. And all of a sudden, he is back and forth. And I'm in my jaw drop. This guy's freaking good. Right. He's like pro level in my, in my mind. I'm Joel, oh, Joel, look, look. And he look in the mirror. I'm sure he was weaving everywhere. Just free skiing, but he was out there shredding. So that's what started it. And he actually coached me a little bit. And we had, had a course that we put in. Steve Maddox and I went out and put a course in in a place we call the Cattle Gap. Very protected. Yeah. And we had skied so much out there. Andy Mapple's been there. Jody Fisher's been there. And they're just like, you're skiing around lily pads, you know. Right. Uh, but a great site, great site, but we always fought water level, you know, and there's one area that was real shallow. You had to go through to get in. And, uh, of course the prop was dragging the bottom. And one year we went through five props, What? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we, we, uh, we skied there for years and we fought the water levels over and over and over in the weeds. And I mean, it was bad. Then Lake Jackson went dry. In 99. So completely dry. Completely dry. You drive across it. Wow. So there's another lake that used to be joined to Lake Jackson. Years ago, there was a uh, plantation that built a dam across there. And it still had water in it. And it was named Lake Carl, north end of town, up Meridian Road. And it uh, it was horrible, but it was a place to ski. Right. And we had to pull the buoys. We had to put all the buoys in we leave the sponge X buoys for the boat up all the time and there'd be bites in it from alligators biting it, you know, <laughs> and even the entrance gates, we painted, we put a sponge X on the left, painted it orange. And then we put a, you know, the soft buoy, the air buoy on the right and then all six. And then the last one on the end gates. And we'd have to do that every time we have to put the buoys in, we have to pull them out. If you left them, there would be at least three of them pop the next day from gators. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> So we left there one day, and the next day, a lady came down that lived there in her golf cart. She said, you know, last night when you guys left, we sat on the back porch, drank a glass of wine, and we counted 74 gators in front of our house. <laughs> so anytime they had a nuisance gator, you know, like on Lake Jackson, somewhere like that, they'd catch them, and that's where they'd release them. So they, it was gators everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, we all skied there, uh, you know. Any she, incidents? Or no? No, no. Kelly Breeden had went by one one time and it opened his mouth and scared her to death. She was screaming and hollering. She was a little thing back then. And uh, and we got her in the boat, but she lived. And we that's where we skied in weeds everywhere. I mean, it's just, you can't imagine the weeds. You'd have to take the boat and reverse and forward to get the weeds off the prop. And, and wow. I'd drag a boat there every day we skied. Wow. Every day. So So every day you would have to get the boat in, mm -hmm. probably tractor it in almost if the water was low. Yep. Right? Yep. And then put up and down like what? Eight buoys at least every time? Mm -hmm. Every time. Yep. yep. Every time. And then um, I forgot where I was going with this, but oh, I'd get off work early. Like an, 
hour early and go there with a shovel and dig the dirt out just so we could get the boat in every day. It was horrible. And when we come in, there was this little ledge we had to go over, and we'd come in at like ramming speed <laughs> and apart the waters, and then the boat would float perfect. Anyway, we, we did that for years. I mean, and then finally See, Lake Jackson came back. Oh, know. so it took a few years before Lake Jackson? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so by then it's like what, 2009, 2010? Mm, let's see, it was 99. So, yes, it would have been on, I think it was. So it had been 2009 before, I think it was dry for 10 years. You know? Wow. And uh, Was it any better when you got back? Like you, you could actually just like launch the boat and ski yeah, or yeah. there was still a yeah, lot of well, work to do? At, at home, I could launch the boat at the house and had, had the right. boat in the cradle. So, uh, so we could just drive across the lake and ski, but it was even more lily pads then. And when Andy came and skied with us, you know, naturally we had it all kind of cut out where we were skiing well. Andy being the skier he was, he was creating so much space, he was cutting new lily pads. <laughs> I mean, you know, and we were like, wow, look at this guy, man, you know, run 39. And he, he was, uh, he enjoyed it. I mean, you know, we had, our, we had him come over and, and coach everybody is what we did. Nice. So it was fun. At the cattle gap. At the cattle gap. So what, how would you do it? Like, would he stay at your place and then you would just boat mm -hmm. there? Or how yeah. far was the cattle gap for your house? uh probably a mile and a half two miles okay and then i think he stayed at jeff's house which he lived on lake jackson as well so. oh, okay and then you know anybody wanted to ski we had to go to the land and pick them up you know yep. it, it was a lot to it and i had an old dock built there it wasn't much but it was something to put your gear on you know <laughs> but uh some of the things we did to ski man i mean before that happened when we were still on lake, before lake jackson went dry i need to tell you this is a great story So the old 83 that I bought years ago that I told you about, it ran hot. Mm -hmm. And, of course, it warped the heads on it. And so Steve Max and I skied then. Of course, we put a new water pump impeller in it, and we were out there skiing. And then we go to crank it, and it would just lock up. You could hear the starter engage, but it would lock up. And what it was, there was water in the cylinders, and you'd have to hold it down until the water would go by the rings and crank. Right. And naturally, this water is going down an oil pan, right? So we ski, we go home, we drain the oil, pull the distributor, pull the intake, pull the heads off, scrape it down, put aviation permatex on it, new set of gaskets, put it back together, new oil, and go ski the next day, just so we ski the next day, knowing it was on the same thing. So every time we skied, we didn't have money to repair the engine. Right. And so for at least a month or so, Steve and I would – We would go, we'd go ski, come back, drain the oil, pull the heads off every, every time we ski. That's how bad we wanted to ski. Wow. Every day, I'm assuming, too. Every, just about it. Well, I think we skied on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then the weekends, of course. Yeah, okay. So at yeah. least four days a week, you were yeah. doing all of this just to get a few sets. Just to get a few sets in, you know. That's unbelievable. And our sets, our days back then were, obviously, I was much younger, but it, it wasn't nothing for us to be there at daylight and leave the lake at dark. Uh -huh. Nothing for me to ski five sets, and I'm talking 30-minute sets. That's unbelievable. Yeah, you know, and we'd just wait our turn and, and ski, and then we'd run over to this little uh, uh, restaurant there on the lake. We'd go there at lunch, go in and eat, go back and ski. That's cool. <laughs> so you were boating, you were boating to go eat and You're then boating, back at it. Right, yeah. So... 
I've been through some really rough places to ski. You know? uh, Didn't you say you put like eight courses on Lake Jackson? Yes, or? yes. That's, uh, there's, there's at least eight there. Still there. <laughs> well, yeah. there was one when you showed up. I'm assuming the other ones you put in? Yeah, well, we put one in there permanent. And that was a cable course, the one that got cut. Yeah. So we put one there, and it lasted about a year or two, and the guy up there didn't like it, and he cut it. And finally he got with Game and Fish, and they came to me and said, hey, you know, this – guy up here doesn't, doesn't want you down there and rightfully so because we were there at, at daylight till dark <laughs> yeah, and right. this loud engines they didn't have mufflers back then it was loud so you know so we that's when we found the cattle gap we went yeah. you know, no houses around we found this spot protected on all sides but the north end it was due north and south the sun never an issue it was a great site wow other than the water and the weeds the water level and the weeds you know but uh did you have tournaments there at the cattle gap? No, no. Never had a tournament. Never had a tournament. It would just been too hard, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we could have, but we'd had to boat everybody in. We'd had to set up scaffolding in the water for the judges and, you know, but I thought about it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure you have. You know, but, uh, but yeah, then I'd use uh, PVC pipes. We'd drive those in the ground and, uh, with a sledgehammer. We'd take a metal pipe and weld it to the sledgehammer we slide it inside the two inch pipe with holes already drilled in it we'd drive it down as far as we could then we'd dry, die down and cut it off about a foot above the surface of the dirt the bottom yep and uh stick a piece of number 12 electrical wire in it in the appropriate loop and then put the buoy in there you go you know and had sub buoys with a little chain hanging on it so you could just come up there and hook it in appropriate link and but we, man, it was it, it was fun. It was almost it's almost like it never happened now, you know. How you, what do you mean? Being here and and just walk out and then everything's in place and just get in the boat and go. Right. You know. So. So but, how did this come about? Because obviously, the the experience of skiing you have now mm -hmm. is way different than than those, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like as you said, now you show up to the dock, you lower the lift, and you ski in a perfect man-made lake. Right. How did this come about? Because by by now we're mm -hmm. in late two thousands. You're back in Lake Jackson, mm -hmm. but yeah. still a bit of work to get a ski set in. Right. So for years, Karen and I, my wife, we we went all over the place looking for property that we could actually buy and put a lake on it. It just not. It never worked out. You know. I mean, I'm. We even had a contract on one, you know, and, and that fell through. And we bought this property, it's 100 acres, in Gaston County, north of Quincy, Florida, and, and, and northwest of Tallahassee. And we, we bought it in 2008, built a house on it just for a weekend thing. And one day, and I, there's a field up up at, by the road and I plant it for dove you know corn and millet and all I never shot it just feeding the animals more than anything right and uh one day I'm on my little golf cart and I got to looking at it and I said you know I think that might be long enough you know and so immediately I get on google earth and use the little measuring tool right you know? <laughs> and uh classic skier yeah you know oh it's long enough so I told Karen and uh that was I think we were actually going to Birmingham for our daughter's wedding and I told her, I said, I think it's long enough. She's going, okay. She's thinking in her mind, you know, okay, Florida DEP, Army Corps engineers, he won't get a permit. And she said, well, I'll tell you what. If you get a permit, I'll find the money. 
So Monday morning, I had Northwest Florida Water Management District out here. We were standing right out there in the field. He said, well, let me get this straight now. You're not talking down in that hole down there. I said, no. He says, you're talking up here on this hill? And I said, yes. And he says, well, if you do it up on this hill, there's no permit required. And I'm going, wow, you know. Because there was no water here. No water, just a field. I mean, the worst up and down field you could ever imagine. So I called him the next day, you know, what about Florida DEP? He says, no, they're in our office. You good with us, you good with them. How about Army Corps of Engineers? No, they're in our office. You good with us, you good with them. So I called a couple guys, one big excavating company, and then that kind of fell through. They didn't seem like they wanted to mess with it. So I called a buddy of mine. And Mike Roberts, Roberts Sand Company, has a bunch of big excavating stuff, mainly in the sand business. Yeah. And I said, remember me talking about you building me a lake one day, digging me a lake? He said, yeah, I remember, but probably I'm probably not interested, but tell me about it. So I told him, he says, you, about the no permit required, he says, you need to get that in writing. Uh-huh. So he goes, let me give you a lady's name. Her name was Elva Peppers from Florida Environmental. So she came out, we rode. And basically, there is a permit in the U.S. If you disturb more than one acre, you have to have an MPDES permit, which I think that's the name of it. Basically, it's a, a glorified stormwater runoff prevention plan. Okay. So she wrote that up for me, and I think it was like $1,900 for her or something like that. And the permit went to like 350 bucks. So I had to put like 4,200 feet of uh, silt fence up, put a rain gauge document if it rained a half an inch i would have to walk all of that silt fence and clear it document it and everything so i did all of that and i actually worked a deal with jimmy crowder excavating and they came out on january 12th of 2012 and started digging january 12th of 2012 yeah and in july we were skiing we were putting water in it in like April. Wow. You know, and then I realized my well that I put in wasn't enough. So we have a, luckily we have a pond below the house that's spring fed and I put a big 10 horse pump in six inch pipe. And I basically, you know, in the hot days I pump every day, three hours, 50 something thousand gallons of water every day. Yeah. And, uh, and it keeps it level and now it's cooled off some. So, I've had it off for a week and it's only dropped like an inch. So that, that's kind of how it went down, man. It was, <laughs> you know, and, uh, again, I still, even to this day when I drive in, I almost have to pinch myself. It's kind of hard to believe. Well, I mean, I think you that's know. experience that everyone has when they come here, Oh yeah, you know, yeah. like, cause you, you get in from the gate and you see the lake already starting on the right, but like continuing on the left. And mm-hmm. then you, as you get through the gate and you see just this perfect man-made lake for slalom yeah. with trees all around, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, where am I? You yeah, know? exactly. I mean, to me, I mean, I've been living here for five years and I've had the honor to ski with you for five years mm-hmm. and still every day when I get through the gate, it mm-hmm. still shocks me. Yeah, it's awesome, man. It's, it's uh I mean, again, it's kind of hard to believe it even happened, you know, but, uh, but it's hard it to believe that some of the things that I used to do to ski even happened. It's, it, you know, it seems like we've had this forever now, but we haven't, you know, Yeah. just since 2012. So, uh, 
lot, lots, lots happened since then, you know. Quite a bit, yeah. And mm -hmm. I think uh, I love for you to to touch on it. So, mm -hmm. you skied 2012. Mm -hmm. That was sort of like, but it, although the picture I've seen in 2012 that of your first mm -hmm. sets, mm -hmm. I mean the water was very low, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean it was barely <laughs> skiable. Yeah, right? I mean. Well, I think there was three feet on the outside of the buoy before there was dirt. <laughs> right. And that was just the, that was the first time Steve and I skied. And actually, Karen got up and rode to the end of the lake on a slide. Oh, Karen skied, yeah. yeah. And she didn't ski the buoys, but she just rode behind the boat and sat down and rode back. And she hadn't, she hadn't skied in 15, 20 years. But she wanted this. She wanted it, yeah. So it was Steve Maddox, Karen, and I skied the first time. And it was literally three or four feet of water outside the buoy before you had dirt so you didn't want to pull long no <laughs> you, yeah you didn't want to do a zigzag let's put it that way you know? but uh, uh but yeah and then we got it full and it was awesome i mean when we skied that first time that you were talking about the boathouse wasn't even in the water yeah no because I, I saw the pictures on your book and yeah, it was yeah. just like it looked like a little bit of a bowl yeah. right <laughs> yeah yeah but uh now it's full and it's it's been great, man. I mean, and how know. do you? Sorry, just to take a step back, but like, how did you go about? Like, did you ask advice to someone that had already done a lake, or just you and your company, sort of like the company you recruited, sort of figured it out? Well, I talked a little bit with Billy Buck in Birmingham. He gave me this little book, with all he had to do, but it was totally different than mine. Okay, you know, it was just totally different. So all he had to do, pretty much, was build this big dam at the end and you know of course build spillway and that sort of thing mine was different it was just a field yeah you know up and down left and right nothing flat um and you know naturally i wanted a dog leg at the end at the far end this end at the south southwest end i didn't think i had enough room because of the highway Mm -hmm. and I had to put a reverse dog leg there. Now, after it's all done, if I had to change something, I would I would make it straight. I, I, I know now I, ha I had enough room. But then yeah. when you were just looking at a field, it was kind of hard to tell, you know? Right. And uh, so, yeah, if I had to change something, I would probably straighten the lake out on the boathouse end, on the starting dock end. Still may do that one day. I'm sure. Yeah, you Knowing know. you, you probably, yeah, you, you might know. do it. I've thought about it. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm but sure. it's worked It's worked fine. And like I say, you go around the aisle, it's a little different uh, on this end. But some of the best skiers around skied here, and they do just fine. Yeah, I know, exactly. You know, so. It's a, per it's a perfect leg, Keith. Yeah, you know? I know. I love it, man. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so 2013, first full season. Did mm -hmm. you have any tournaments in 2013? I don't think so. Um and I don't remember exactly when the first tournament, but I would say 14 maybe we had a C tournament. Mm -hmm. Went real well. Um, and I think we enjoyed it so much we sanctioned another one that year. I think we had two C tournaments then. And uh, and I don't even remember how the record started. I, I really – I think you had a lot to do with that, if I remember correctly. You know. <laughs> Am I to blame? No, no, in a good way. Yeah, in, yeah. In a good way, you know. Um, you know, I mean, it's easy for you to get on the phone. You knew all these guys. I mean, I knew some of them, but not personally like you did, you know. So, you know, you called up, you know, 
Freddie Winter and Dane Meckler and people like that, you know, yeah. Will Asher, JT, all your HO teammates, and said, hey, we're going to have a record tournament. And the best I remember, that's kind of how it started. Yeah. And, and it was it was a success, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and, you know, even here, I want to touch on this. I'm a little different than a lot of people. I'm not rich. Um, but I don't charge anybody to ski here other than bring some gas, you know. Bring some gas, and we'll pull you, and we'll have fun. No, yeah. no lease on the boat, no paying, no fees or anything. And I'm trying to grow the sport. I've got one little girl here now that's just turned nine. She's on two skis, and we got her going around buoys. She loves it, you know. And so I'm just trying to grow the sport. And uh, and I can't play by myself. Yeah. You know, so I'm semi-retired now. You know, I get off work at noon, come up here, and actually work harder up here mowing and whatever. But, um, you know, then in, in the summer months, everybody starts showing up about four. And, and, and you know, we've, we've got – I mean, we, we'll have eight, ten people here on – every any given day yeah the ski and i think that's cool because there's so many people friends of mine that i hear out there man you got it made you got somebody to drive for you i said and i do i've got it made you know um so you know i'd I'd encourage a lot of other people to think about that you know again you can't play by yourself either yeah and so why not invite some people over and teach them how to drive and you coach them, drive them, they drive you. You know, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. For They're sure. going to get hooked in it. They're going to buy more products, more skis. And, you know, uh, I just think that's a, a good way to look at it. Now, you know, once I completely retire, that may change. I may not be able to afford it, you know. <laughs> but for now, I'm 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 good with it, you know. So Yeah, I mean, I, I must say I was shocked because, as you know, like when I came here, like I was considering Florida State as a, mm-hmm. for my PhD, and I already looked at other places. And obviously, the first question was, well, of course, is the is the university program good? But second, is there skiing around, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then when I heard about this place, uh, they had just been done, really, mm-hmm. like a, for a year or so. Yeah, right. And I came to see it. Well, I mean, the the shock of getting through the gate obviously never failed, uh, even that first time. But then when you told me how it worked here because i mean as i got as i w- drove through the the mm-hmm. little road i'm mm-hmm. like okay this is awesome but how much is it going to cost me i'm going to be still college student for a few years like right. how am i going to be able to afford skiing here right. and i was shocked when you told yeah. me hey you just bring gas yeah you know yeah yeah that's crazy exactly so it it was pretty cool i, I remember we had the old 06 yep nautique in the uh, 196 yeah 2006, 196, and then we only skied it just a little bit, and I ended up with an, another boat. Yeah, yeah, the, the Masters Nautique. Yeah, yeah the Masters Nautiques. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it went down, if I remember. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, but uh, and then you know, like I think what what you say all the time that like you can't play by yourself, like you can see it in the way you you manage this place. I mean, at the end of the day, this is your house. Mm-hmm. You moved here, what, two years ago now or last year? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I think it was May 20th was two years ago. <clears throat> ah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so it's been a little over two years. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, 
you know, you built this place where we're talking from right now, mm-hmm. the seventh buoy. Talk mm-hmm. about that. What is this place where we're at? Well, it's Karen. She's all about it too. She she enjoys having people, even though she doesn't really ski. Yep. And you know, so she said we ought to build a place. We even thought about getting a house mover to move that house down the hill there up here. Right. And it was going to be some godly amount of money. <laughs> and then we got to talking to. Uh, it might have been, well, I won't call names. We was talking with someone. They said, well, you don't really want all these people walking through your house during a tournament. And Karen says, that's a great idea. So we decided to build this structure here. It's like 40 by 40. It's got rooms underneath. Put judges in or whatever. Um, or Wade when Wade comes through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wade. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so half of it's outdoor where we're at now. Um, fireplace. TV where you can watch football or whatever. Got a place to pass through food from the kitchen from the inside. Inside, dartboard, pool table, um, guitars, pianos. Guitars, yeah, yeah. you know. And uh, basketball, uh, ping pong downstairs. And so when the kids, I call the kids, they're, they're growing up now. You know, you got Neely Ross and Sean Hunter and some of these kids, you know, even Jamie and Landon and Kelly Breed and all those kids that came up, a lot of them skied here, a lot, a lot of them didn't. But when they come to a tournament, they had something to do. Yeah. You know, and if you get hot, you could go inside and cool off. And um, it just, it's not your normal tournament where you sit in the car and wait three hours for your round, you know, and uh, you, you've got something to do. And, yeah, for sure. And then we try to feed everybody, um, you know, and – Karen's all about feeding. She's country. I mean, yeah. she, you know, from the South, you feed people. If they're your guests, you feed them, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so we we feed, you know, dinner, lunch, lunch and dinner yep. most of the time. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of the way we roll here. I mean, you know, it's just uh, obviously on the tournament, you have to pay your entry fee so we can pay for gas and hotels for judges and that sort of thing. But, other than that, that's it. Yeah. You know? No, no, you can tell doing tournaments here is a completely mm-hmm. different experience, mm-hmm. you know, and it became clear to those people who came, even driving a fair distance, you mm-hmm. know, for the, your first few record mm-hmm. tournaments, mm-hmm. It, that's the common thing they had, all, all of them, you know, like, yeah. oh, wow, you can, you, you actually feel welcomed. Mm-hmm. You feel like there's other things to do in between your rounds. Because, right. you know, ski tournaments can be a little lengthy, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and repetitive, but um, no, certainly you guys do it do it the proper way and then we had a i know i had a bit of influence on this but mm-hmm. tell about how this the the, the lake 38 program came about because 2020 is going to be your third year right yes yes uh i don't remember how we started you and i i know it was you and i talking about it because you came to the san gervasio program in 2015 right right that's right and uh Seemed to me like we had a record tournament here, and you invited a bunch of your friends. I think T. Gas was here, and he tapped me on the shoulder. He said, "What a great sight, man! Have you ever thought about doing a pro am?" Yeah. And that kind of put it in my head. And I think what happened about a year later, you and I started talking about it seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, so the for the elite points for IWWF. Yep. Uh, they had a new program. Normally, it's a minimum of 21,000 payout, and 12 of that had to go to the men. Am I correct? Correct. Yep. 
And so, but they had a new introductory offer where you could kind of walk your way into the thing. So the first year, I think we had to pay like 10,500 out. And I think we paid 11 something, 11, six, okay? And then last year we were up around 17. Yep. And now this year we got to go to 21. But one of the things we did last year, Karen and I just felt like the women should make what the men make, you know? Yep. You know, so so we paid the women the same amount, you know, and I thought that was pretty cool. And they, they enjoyed it. There was, you know, more money for the women. We had a good turnout. I mean, we had – I think just about as many. I think we had 15 pro women and 15 or 16 pro men. That's a solid number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good and, field. And then, so this year, we're not going to do the 21, 12 for the men and the remainder for the women. We're going to go 12 and 12. So we're going to pay 24. And uh, and you know, uh, obviously, I you know used the entry fees to help that offset it, but. Uh, and then Karen and I pay the difference. I mean, you know, it's hard to get sponsors. You know, you got all the ski companies and the boat companies and all that. They're, they're tapped out, you know. And if someone was to offer, obviously that would be great, you know. Uh, yep. Actually, Mastercraft last year helped pay for the food. That's true. And I That's forgot. True. They did. Uh, Mastercraft came up and um, helped out. So, you know, I want to keep doing it. I don't know how long I can afford it, but I want to keep doing it. Uh, and so this year, I went back and changed things a little bit to where it's more like your tournament. So the amateurs are on Friday, two rounds on Friday. And then all day Saturday, it'll be pro only for prelims. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Sunday morning, amateurs will finish up. And then probably around noonish, the afternoon will be the finals for the pros. So. I think it's going to be good. I think we'll have a big crowd. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna be, I think it's going to be really good, you know. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously the water skiing community appreciate all the efforts that you guys are doing and you've been doing to, to put together this event. Mm -hmm. But as you say, it needs to come to a point where, you know, the event needs to sustain itself. Right. Because obviously yeah. you want to keep doing this for a while, oh, I'm absolutely. assuming. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think, I think in our real ways like we're we're influencing the sport in a better way because mm -hmm. lo look at it for instance last year um there was well masters and california pro-am in malibu mm -hmm. right and then you right right yeah. the lake 38 pro-am yeah and this year i believe also i can't oh well sorry swiss pro Swiss, Swiss Pro, pro yes, yeah, Swiss, Swiss Pro. pro. Mm -hmm. uh, but then next year, there's going to be another pro tournament in the U.S. at Jay Bennett's, you know. Oh, yeah. so that's correct. And then in Europe, now we have like six or seven. Right, yeah. So things are moving along. Yeah, I think so, you know. and um, Yeah, I forgot about Jay's. That's uh, that's a great site, too. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go there a I couple got to of go years there, ago. Yeah, yeah. Or last year. Yeah, last year. Uh, I drove over there and... And it was a great site and great people. It was the first time I ever got to meet Jay. I listened to your podcast with Jay. I thought it was awesome. Oh, thank you. Uh, what a great guy, you know. Great family, great site. Um, but, yeah, you know, so going back to that, now there's a few more pro events. And I'm picking the weekend after the Masters, and I do that on purpose for the reason that there's a lot of Europeans that would normally 
finish up the masters and go home. Well, they can wait six more days and three hours away. They're they're here at Lake Thirty Eight. Yeah, because we're only like but three hours three from hour, Callaway, right? Yeah, yeah, three three hours from Callaway. Well, the way you and I drive, <laughs> yeah, well, <that's>, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe three and a quarter, yeah, yeah three and know. a quarter, three and a half. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and so. Um, Oh, yeah. sorry, just before I forget, there was also the Travis Grand Prix last in D.C. That's right, yeah. yeah, the Travis Grand Prix, and so, which is also a very fun tournament to go to, skeet shooting, go-kart. Yeah, right. You know, on teams, you got a pro on your team, so you guys listen to this, you ought to think about going to that one. That's a fun one. And it's handicapped, so it doesn't matter. You, you, might, you might have Will Asher on your team or Mateo or Dane or whoever, uh, and you might can ski 15 off and beat us and, and <laughs> exactly. Be, exactly you know because it's according to your score right that's right yeah so, so. it's handicapped so it's, it's it's really fun it's really fun laid yeah, no. back props to john for doing it for sure and i believe yeah. next year is going to be actually in the fall oh really so he moved okay. it to the fall next oh, yeah, year. yeah good yeah um sweet so any any news for next year's Lake 38 Pro-Am? You, you say you're going to change, you're going to accept more amateurs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Any other changes you have in mind or that you can share? No, I don't think so. I mean, again, the boating part of it has gotten where it's kind of tough, but we're, we're open. I mean, we're not, we're not tied to one company. I mean, if, you know, Mastercraft, We've got a Mastercraft here, we've got a Malibu here, and we've got a Nautique here. We'll probably have a draw, whatever, and make it work. You know, we, yeah. we try to get the best we can. We try to get it where people get to ski behind the boat they want, but it's kind of hard to do in a pro-am. So uh, there it's pretty much about winning the money. Yep. You know, winning the title, the money, and getting you a yellow bib to take home. So And you had some insane finals. I mean, both Lake 30 and Pro Lake 38 Pro-Ams, at least on the men's side, mm -hmm. have been chosen by runoffs, right? Right, right. Because you do a straight final. Straight final. Right. Yeah. And if it's tie, runoff. Right. And so last year, help me with this, that we had Will Asher, Stephen Navu, who was... Uh, was so no, last year was uh, JT versus Will, 4 at 41 and then he ran off again. That's right. That's and, right. And JT won. And JT, that was the first year. JT yeah, won last the year. first year. Yeah. yeah. Then last year. This year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. This last tournament. Yeah, this year. The 2019, we had four, right? I had to go off the docks at 39. Yeah, I think it was like what? Will, Freddie, and Steven, right? Yeah. And there was somebody else, seemed like. But anyway, maybe it was three. But they had to go off the dock at 39. And just ripped it. Every one of them ran 39s cold off the dock. Cold off the dock. Pressure. Pressure. And I think after Freddie actually ended up winning. Mm -hmm. And I remember his interview with Mark Austin at the end. He says he didn't think he's ever been to a place where they had a final where all three or four. I think it was three. I can't remember. I think it was them three, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, where it's cold off the dock and just bang, 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 everybody knocks out 39, and then it's about what you're going to get at 41, you know, and a piece of four won it. Yeah, classic Freddie Winter, yeah. like throwing the body <laughs> still at four. Sliding on his, sliding on his back with the ski and airs with the hands still 
holding on to the handle, <laughs> sliding. He wanted to make sure they knew he got around. To, you know, did he let go before the boot? No, he held on. And uh, three and a quarter. Three That's and a what quarter, he man. He did it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. You know? Sweet. And and, and it's also, um, it's also uh, an honor to drive those guys. You know. Oh yeah, talk uh, about your driving a little bit. Obviously, you're senior driver. Yeah, I've been you driving know, at a couple of pro events by now. Yeah, I've, I've driven at Bennett's. I've driven at your place. I used to drive a lot at Corey. Still do at Corey Pico's in Santa Rosa Beach. Um, and it, and it all started uh, through a good friend of mine that a lot of you guys know, Jody Seal. So I'm over there, and one day he gave me the opportunity to drive the Open, and uh, and I capitalized on it. I didn't just I mean, I gave it my all. When I got out of the boat, I was drained. Yeah. And just concentration, trying to do good, you know. And, and that started there. And, um, you know, um, I was fortunate enough to pull um, Adam Pickos through his first 39. Yeah. Uh, see, Dane Meckler's first 39. Yeah. And he's wearing it out right now, by the way. As we all know, he's doing very good. He'll be here this weekend at Ski Freezer or Die, or <laughs> next weekend. Ski Freezer uh, Die. Yeah, Ski Freezer Die Sea Tournament. And we've got four or five pros <laughs> in a sea tournament. We do have a chili cook-off, so that that brings a lot. So, But uh, anyway, the driving part, that's kind of how it went down. And, you know, I've driven in a lot of the Florida tournaments and stuff. And uh, am I the best? No, I, I do the best I can. I try to be down the middle, you know, and, yeah. um, and but that's kind of, that's kind of it. And I, and I've went up and I've gotten a senior judge now, I just, and, and a safety. So I'm trying to get some of these younger kids to as soon as they can to go ahead and start being a judge or, or a driver, work on their driving or just, you know, and some of these, when I'm saying kids that we're talking about are, level nine <laughs> you right. know so they can fast track so any of you guys out there listening to this that are level nine work on your judging or you don't like judging and you want to drive start working on your driving get scoring somebody. you yeah, know scoring. tc yeah you know? just and that's that's what helps grow the sport you know you get a tournament and you, you want to have a tournament you can't find anybody to work you know uh we've been fortunate most people want to come here you know yeah um uh, uh, we can put the scorer in the air conditioner if we want to, but most of them like sitting out here, right. you know, <laughs> so they can see what all is going on. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it went with me. Um, you but know, you've I'll, always cared about your driving because, I mean, I'm assuming that when Jody gave you that opportunity mm -hmm. to drive open, you mm -hmm. already cared about your driving and you oh, wanted yeah. to make sure that you were oh, yes. a good driver. Right. And then you're given the opportunity to drive open men. Yeah, and I'm going, wow. You right. Know? And... Uh, and that that goes back probably 10 years ago i mean you know i remember driving uh it was a mastercraft pro stop mm -hmm. but it was mainly geared around tricks because of the Corys and he's a big trick lake but there was a division and i think the only two we had was jt let me think jt and i forgot but um i, I pulled them and they both ran 39 there and uh but, you know, you say, oh, they ran 39. Well, you know, they knocked 39 down all the time. But back then, 
10, Ten years, years ago, ago it, it, it yeah, was a different deal. different, you know. And, uh, we had just switched to zero off, so yes. people were adapting. You yes. know, running 39 wasn't a joke, yeah. Yeah, it was a big deal, and and uh, I wish I could remember the other person. But anyway, that's – and then, you know, I've got some help along the way uh, from some really good drivers, you know, Chad Scott being one of them. Um, I mean, and when he and I are around – we're constantly studying our boat path. Yeah. You know, and he's helping me, you know. I mean, he he's still coaching me. I mean, you know, you could do this a little bit better, you know. And and so I listen to that and I try to apply it. And it's just like when you go to a ski school and a coach asks you to try to do something, you need to at least try it, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, try not to do keep doing the same thing you're doing. So, you know, he's a better driver than me. So uh, when he talks, I listen. Right. You know, so, um, but yeah, that's, uh, no, there's a lot of, a lot of concentration goes on behind the wheel. For sure. You know? If you care, yes. yes if exactly. you care about giving a good pool right. and, a, and a fair pool, right? you know, because obviously, uh, you know, maybe some of the people that listen to this are not aware, but uh, driving is skillful, mm-hmm. takes a lot of practice, mm-hmm. and it's not the same according to the skier you have behind the boat, right? If That's it's right. left foot forward, right foot forward, if they pull harder or not as hard, like right. if you pull mm-hmm. long, you know, yeah. like you have to adapt quickly yeah. and keep the boat straight down the middle. Yeah, right? and, and you know, there's going to be times when you mess up, but you just got to limit it, try to keep it as low as possible, you know, like Lyman Hardy, I'm in the boat judging, he's driving, we're at Corey's. Is that left foot forward or right foot forward skier? He wanted to know that every time, which yeah. is – Good advice. Yeah. Uh, little things like before you take off, look back, make sure it's on 32 off or 13 uh, or 35, 12, whatever. Uh, little things you learn about being in the boat. You don't want to get to the other end. Oh, man, I forgot to shorten the rope. Even though that isn't your job, it's the judge's job, but you're a team in that boat. Yeah. And so you learn little things like that. And, you know, obviously some people want you to pull them up harder than others. And you try to remember that. You, you you get to the point where you actually remember their letter, you know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, like, like Nate Smith's A2, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, and, uh, but do you, like, do you think practice is important? Like, oh, yeah. getting the opportunity to drive high-level skiers, you know. Yeah, and, you know, it's, it's tough as a driver, but, you know, like Chad Hunter, um, Sean's dad, he skis here with us, and, He's become a senior driver now. We've worked really hard. There's a lot, many times during the summer, we'll turn the in-course video on yep. and look at ourselves and, you know, get a higher-end skier like you or Dane or somebody like that. Sean. Sean, Freddie, you know. Uh, we go back and look at that and, and look and see what we could do better, you know. Yep. And uh, and it, it's uh, it's a lot to it. I mean, you you and then if you're a new driver and you've gotten your senior, it's not like oh I'm gonna go to a pro stop and drive. That don't happen. You right. Got, you got to slowly earn your way in there. So that's where the, I where I'm coming from with the Jody Seal. Jody Seal gave me that opportunity. And any of you drivers out there that ever get an opportunity like that, take advantage of it. You know that's yeah. how you get into doing that. And um, course here i've got a little bit of advantage i'm the guy paying the money <laughs> so you know so i get to drive either the women or the men or both both during prelims but you know like last year i drove the men and the year before i drove the women you know yeah. so and i think you know like the other 
I guess, um, fortune in a sense that you have is that like on any given day for the last three or four years, you had, you know, there was a year where you would pull me, Sean and Dane through mm-hmm. like 39 mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. at least maybe a couple sets a day. So oh, you yeah. had to drive at least six 39s with someone pulling, you know, yeah. their butt behind the boat, right. trying to run it. Right. Right. So right. I think that experience you know like of driving mm-hmm. you know high-end skiers always which might not be available to everyone it's not it's you know it's not and but that's an advantage for me so i need to take advantage of that yeah. and do the best i can out here and practice just as if it was a cash prize tournament you know um but yeah i mean I, i'm fortunate for that you know i've got again you just said it you and dane meckler and dane's in charlotte now but he was here for you know a yeah, good, good while yeah. yeah and and then sean hunter he's at alabama at school now but you know he was here the other day and and then you'll come in here uh freddie winter's gonna stop by you know <laughs> chris paris is gonna come by you know and uh uh chris i don't think skied here he came here he was hurt when he was here he was here with mike morgan one day and uh he sat in the boat and kind of coached us and that sort of thing but uh, there's no telling who may come up here, thanks to you, by the way. Um, but well deserved. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's been awesome. I mean, you know, so to have a lake like this, never dreamed I'd have anything like this, um, and to have that caliber of skiers coming by here, man, it's like wow, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty good, pretty good stuff. So. Yeah, um, and what do you see? Where do you see the lake going in the next five years? Like, what is your vision? Oh, because obviously, you know, it's a bit of a peculiar situation. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you, it's not a ski school, right. but it's your house. Mm-hmm. But you have people coming to ski. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're organizing a pro tournament mm-hmm. and other tournaments. Like, mm-hmm. we're talking, we're mm-hmm. doing Ski Freeze or Die next week. Mm-hmm. Um, any plans for the future? Like, wh- how do you see Lake 38 in five years? I would like for it to at least be like it is now but maybe better. Um, I'm a guy that kind of shoots from the hip. A thought comes to my mind, dude, let's do it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say it's an accurate yeah, description yeah. of who you yeah, are. Yes. You know? So, uh, you know, I got little things I'm thinking about, about, um, you know, like at the Garcias at Hancock, they got their judges towers air conditioned. And I'm thinking that that's probably one of my things. Uh, actually have a place for the judges in the tower to go to the bathroom, you know, rather than walk down in the woods or whatever, you know, little things, little things that mean a lot, you know? Yeah. Thanks to people like, you know, Roger Logan and Jerry Jackson helping me with all the camera work. I want to get a little bit better with that. Um, What we've got now is great, but I I really like the, the Wi-Fi feed from the boat. Things mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna get there, uh, but so just, they, rather than using transmitters, like actually get Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. and um, so Jerry's already doing that, and I think Roger Logan's doing it some as well. But I'm gonna upgrade my stuff and my equipment, you know, for cameras and stuff like that. We've already gotten some really good radios now, and you know, just little things. But who knows? I mean, you know, I might figure out a way to heat the lake you know <laughs> so, so we can have a winter tournament you know <laughs> so, and uh but 
you know, I know everybody thinks we're in Florida, but we're in North Florida. We're literally three miles from the Georgia line, so it gets cold here. Yeah. You know, and uh, but I don't, I don't know anything other than that, you know, but again, something may pop in my mind and they tell Karen, she said, well, let's do it. You know, it's right. kind of like the seventh buoy here. Uh, the seventh buoy came from kind of like the 19th hole in golf where you can go sit down and have a drink or whatever. That's where the seventh buoy came from. Yeah. So, uh, um, along those lines, but we have a lot of get-togethers up here, and and you know we've had Thanksgiving here several times. Yep, you know so. that's true. But uh, no, I don't know any other thing. But you know, again, it pops in my mind, and I feel like it'd be a benefit to the skiing community. I'll I'll do it. You know. Yeah, and that and that's the beautiful thing um, about what you what you're doing here. Obviously, it's your home, and you're doing it, mm -hmm. you know, for yourself and your friends. Mm -hmm. But that like what's gonna help the ski community mm -hmm. so so clear behind mm -hmm. a lot of the decisions you make about, mm -hmm. you know, what tournaments mm -hmm. to do and when to do them and the format, you know, I think it's very commendable. And that's why I really wanted to do this because I mm -hmm. think you're, you're an example for our community. Oh, well, thank you. You know, so, yeah. Well, any final thoughts, anything we didn't say that you um, want the people to know? I'm sure afterwards I'll think of something, but, but you know, uh, Let's ski, dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's let's turn the mics off and let's go ski, Let's man. go ski. Let's go rip it, you know. <laughs> I think we've got four or five people coming that should show up any moment anyway. So Yeah, so we better get the boat in the yeah, water and get, get ready. Boat in the water, man. I tightened up the pylon today, by the way. Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. Thinking about you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, that I pull hard? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, Keith, thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you for sitting down with me, and thank you for what you're doing for, for Water Skiing well, in thank general. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Do 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 do